Are you recording? Yep. All right. Recording. It's been a long time, Mike Moore. Yeah. We are six feet apart. Six feet, not quite. I'm moving a little bit further away. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were doing the 30 miles apart for the last three months. Oh, it's been a tough road, but oh, I think North, I think Northern Seminary is doing all right. I think, I think so too. I think we look pretty good. I think, of course, we've always done the the synchronous classroom thing pretty well, if mm-hmm. I do say so myself. Yes. But I'm looking forward to the time when we can all sit around a fire pit, and drink a out. brew, <laughs> a light brew, a light brew talk theology i'm looking forward to getting some students here on campus in a couple months a couple weeks maybe be good to have them here yeah you just came back from a vacation didn't you mike moore tell us a little bit about it in about three sentences or less uh 60 hours in the car four thousand miles me and my wife a couple friends Oh, you had great. a couple of friends. A couple of friends met, met us up in Idaho, and we went backpacking and hiking, and no cell service, slept on the ground for a couple of weeks straight. It was actually pretty great. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you, that's what happens in your first year of marriage. Yes, yeah. Happy anniversary. 4,000-mile vacation. Yeah, yeah. One year in as of yesterday. Then you get a kid or two, and you get a dog, and forget the 4,000 miles. The the dog comes first, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it's Theology on Mission podcast, the the place where theology meets mission, the questions of engaging our culture for Christ and his kingdom. And we're glad to have you here with us, listening in. We hope you give us a review on Apple iTunes or mm-hmm. some other convenient place to give us an outstanding, outstanding. review. Especially try to boost Mike Moore's ego. Yeah, five stars. Bit. Five stars only. Five stars only. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know you don't like that. Uh, but today we're talking about a subject which uh, I just think is fascinating. And I'm calling it the problem of the white male speaking. Mm. Which is ironic. The problem of the white male speaking, you and I are both white males. Yes, yes. And um, so uh, what do I mean by the problem of the white male speaking? Yeah, was this a a Facebook post? Yes, everything everything we do on here is a Facebook. I I didn't see it. By the way, you can follow me on fitchest at facebook.com or whatever it is, folks. Fitch I am. the problem, but, the problem of the white male speaking. So yeah, you put the, this up on Facebook. Yeah, and the idea there is that, um, you know, and, and by the way, this isn't just for white males. This is actually for, like, people like your wife who are trying to understand mm-hmm. you yeah. as a white male. Yeah. And for people we're in leadership with who are not white males. Uh-huh. And uh, that includes both women and non-white males. Yes. And uh, I, I really do believe it's important that white males understand the dynamics of being a white male going into situations uh, mm-hmm. with leading alongside and with people uh, because we've got to open space for dialogue. We've got to right. open space for conversation, for mutuality, for other voices or else... The church is not led. The church is dictated to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's important for people to understand white males in the sense of like the the issues or 
the tendencies that white males have when it comes to leading the church? Well, first of all, it's important for white males to understand white males. Yes, yes. Uh, and I'm not pleading for a sense of like everybody should try right, to understand right, 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 us right, right, right now. Right. This isn't a pity. This isn't a white male pity party. No. But there is some dynamics here that I think uh, we should talk about for everybody out there, uh, whether you're white male or not. Yeah. And, um, you know, so so I might put it like this. We're used to having a platform. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're used to um, a lot of us, not all of us, but some of us are used to like almost receiving deference. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and we're used to this um, posturing of, hey, why aren't people listening to me or... Or why aren't people just automatically respecting what I say? And when it, right. and we're in an environment where, a uh, hello, actually the reverse might be happening. Do you know what I mean? The re- like where where people aren't listening to white men. Right. There's a pushback. Yeah. yeah. There's a pushback, rightfully so. Uh, there's a pushback because because white male uh, persons have occupied the position of authority or leadership mm-hmm. for so long and out of a posture, I would even say, of natural hierarchy. I mean, this sure. goes back hundreds of years of colonialism. Right. That when we enter the room, things yes. have changed. Yes. Have you experienced this? Yeah. 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 You can probably tell us about your own experience as a church right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came from a church that I planted that was primarily white. And the phrase I used to use is when I would walk into the room in that church, I could feel the room tilt towards me. Have you ever felt that? Like you walk into a room, you kind of feel the room tilt towards you in the sense that there's deference and there's power given to you. Yes. Um, but the church I'm in right now, (laughs) the room does not tilt towards me. Uh, I show up and I mostly don't talk. We had an elders meeting and I didn't say anything at our last elders meeting. The whole elder meeting. The whole, the whole meeting uh, on Zoom. And I was engaged. I was not asked. My opinion was not asked. It was not expected. I was not um, prompted to give an opinion or an insight or theological musing on anything. I just sat there the whole time. And I will be honest, um, and my, my wife can attest to this, it is really hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> it is really hard. Yeah. Because I'm so used to it not being that way. Um. So there is this pushback. Uh, there's almost a little bit of resentment, to use a uh, Nietzschean mm-hmm. word, uh, a resentment towards the way white males have yeah. been present in the rooms. Of course, unless you're in a megachurch driven by white maledom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> white maledom. Uh, but if you're in situations like us where we're now trying to create a culture of dialogue and mutuality in leadership, Right. Uh, the, um, um, the, the reality of experiencing resentment or distrust or mistrust towards our leadership is pretty regular occurrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, and I, I just want to put this out there that, uh, I believe the way true leadership works is through mutuality and dialogue. And we have to make space for other voices. Mm-hmm. We who have dominated the room or we got used to that, or even if we've never been in a room and dominated a room, but we're a white male and almost people expect us to go into that posture of, of right. dominating a room, we have to 
in some way recognize that dynamic and make space for other voices. Hmm. Uh, Romans chapter 12 talks about the gifts. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it, said, it starts out in verse 3. I mean, it starts out earlier than that, but we don't have time to read the whole chapter. Right. Uh, it says, for the, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with soberness, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Uh, I, I just find that each according, we all have a measure of grace and faith and giftedness that we have been given and it's almost like we've been assigned a place in the room. Okay. And we now, as pastors, as leaders, all of us, especially white males, have to make space for those voices mm-hmm. to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes on to say, for as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I mean, we're all familiar with that. Incredible theology of mutuality. And then it says, uh, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry Mm -hmm. to ministry, teaching in teaching, exhorting in exhortation, giving in generosity. Each gift is supposed to act within its own purview hmm. not overstep the other person's purview yeah. and instead be in mutual dependence upon one another there's a lot of people out there saying i have never heard of leadership being done this way yeah yeah but this is the biblical model okay i got i got a question for you got you. a question okay so let's say you're a white male and your gifting is jumping off that romans passage exhortation or teaching, giftings that require speaking. What does it look like to do that in a way? In a way (laughs) that, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead, go go ahead, go. No, 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 you, 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 you. you. Uh, In a way that is uh, sober, you know, in a way that is done in a sober judgment of yourself. Right. I mean, this is so hard. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Uh, we got to make space for each one to be heard. Um, well, let me just um, put out a few ideas. Here. Okay. And I want to hear what you have to say. Sure. Because I'm an old guy, and I'm used I, for years. Like when I would plant a church yeah. 25 years ago, I'd be the guy in charge. And I for had sure. to work to give away and empower other voices. Mm-hmm. But still, because I was the one who was doing it. I don't know. There was a posturing there. Yeah. I, I, I still occupied a place of dominance in the room. Because you're the one that had the power to give away. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think, so I'm in a different place now. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I was invited to be a pastor among already existing pastors. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been very good for me. But um, here's my first proposal for you. Yeah. As a white male... I try to speak only when I'm offered space or asked to speak. In other words, I'm waiting and mm-hmm. yielding. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this, this often means I will be in a room for an hour or more. Or I have been on a panel with other people 
who are not white males, either women or persons of color or males. And I'll be on a panel and uh, or I'll be in a conflict. And, and frankly, an hour will go by and I was never asked my opinion. And, it, and it's not because you lack an opinion. No. Yeah. And, and And sometimes, by the way, I am... Okay, I'm just confessing. I feel yeah. like I'm talked at. Sure. Or I'm ignored. And so um, I feel, though, that that posture uh, is important posture to take for a long time until I'm recognized and asked. I, I got to defer. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? No, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, Don't you feel like, you know, well, come on, man. I got something to say here. Yeah, I do. Come on, this is outrageous. I mean, I think you're describing the last year of my life. I think that's, I think that's it. I am similar to you in these positions where um, I don't speak up. But my challenge is oftentimes I go home and then I'm like, this is what I would have said. This is what I would have said. This is what I would have said. And I can feel in me this desire to like usurp power in those situations. Like, okay, well, I wasn't asked last time, so I'm going to share my opinion this time. I'm going to get out in front of it. It's hard to be patient and to wait um, for the opportunity of being asked to actually voice your opinion. Yeah, and, and I really feel like um, like we're in a season. I'll call it a season because I think it might just be a season, but it's definitely a time period yeah. when white males have to give up the platform mm-hmm. or or maybe another way to say this is um we cannot assume the platform we got to refuse to assume the platform this is my proposal okay. number two yeah refuse to assume the platform refuse when you walk into a space that you have a platform yeah even when you have a platform or or, look, look, when you're invited to speak, mm-hmm. yep. don't get me wrong. I believe you're called to speak. I sure. don't believe – I'm not asking all the white males out there to be a wallflower. Right. But I do believe that we have to, at this season of our time, refuse to assume a platform. You mm-hmm. know how a lot of us go and we just assume the platform? Hey, I'm here. Right, right. No, refuse to assume the platform and wait – uh, wait to be asked mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's good. Um, but before I came to this last church, I was part of another church for six months um, with my wife, then then fiance. This was the church that she was going to. Uh, it's a black church in the west side of Chicago. We went there for six months every Sunday, and the pastor there knew that I knew that I was a pastor, knew that I was at Northern. Um, we knew each other on a personal level. I was not asked one time to speak. I was not asked one time to like give a prayer. I, I, the only time I was ever called up was for the last Sunday we were there so they could lay hands on us and, and send us out, which was great. It was great. It was also kind of hard sometimes, but it was really good for me. And it was some of the best discipleship um, I had in learning how to just be submissive and to surrender. You know, I, I just showed up. Oh, there, yeah. there's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was never asked to come up. And uh, it was a bit of an adjustment because I, I was used to, you know, being the first one there on Sunday, the last one to leave. So it was good to undo some of those practices, some of those unhelpful practices and power dynamics that I had been so inconstant over yeah. the past 
decade. Yeah, I remember. I've been on a few panels at Missio Alliance. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen you do this on panels, actually. And um, I just really feel like, okay, I'm here, yeah. but I am not going to assume a platform. I've, yeah. been, um, I've been invited to speak at a, at a conference <laughs> on women in ministry. Oh, interesting. And there'll be like 10 or 15 speakers. Hmm. And uh, for some reason, they put me towards the end. Okay. And everyone was speaking way over their time, and I had yeah. like two minutes left. <laughs> yeah. I just got up there and said, folks, enough has been said. Yeah, that's it. Um, and, and really, there's no reason for me to talk anymore. Um, some people were mad at me. Uh, because they came to hear me yeah, talk. We, we didn't pay for this. <laughs> uh, I, I have, uh, you know, I have a Facebook page that creates conversations out there. By the way, you can log on it and Fitch Est and follow me there. But uh, occasionally I'll talk on the alternative sexuality issue sure. or the gender issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm a straight or cisgendered yeah. male. At least, I mean... <laughs> People don't know all about my life, but they right. assume all these like stereotypical things about me. Yeah. And I'll somebody will say to me, you know, we the, you're the last person we need to speak into right. this situation. Right. And I'll say, no problem. I don't need to speak into this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you weren't invited, I only yeah. want to speak into the situation if I'm invited. For sure. Yep. I think that's what we're getting at here. Hmm. Um, Refusing to assume a platform. Now, let's talk about uh, something else here really quick. We're probably going a little long, but um, I believe when, when these times happen, when we're being ignored or when, when everybody talks and there's two minutes left and I got no more time to talk, I believe these are occasions for learning how to listen and be present, even when we're being talked at. Actually, mm. when I'm being talked at, which happens i don't want to mention any names i'm not mm -hmm. talking about you by the way yeah. but when i'm being talked at um it's hard yeah. and especially so, so i i want to stay present mm -hmm. i want to actually pray lord be present in mm -hmm. this and i believe it's important for me to do that first to learn what it's like to be talked at because right. uh, I've probably done it to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, the things you learn when you're listening to somebody, something's going on here when you're being talked mm -hmm. at. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just think, uh, uh, and then that moment comes when, when you've been talked at for about 45 minutes <laughs> and time's up long. and you were not given any time to talk. Uh -huh. And you walk away. That little sense of anger or um, I've been mistreated, remember that. Because that's what a lot of people have felt Yeah. when maybe I was doing the same thing to them. Yeah. These are learning moments is my second point of the yeah. podcast. I'm thinking of when Pilate was speaking to Jesus and Jesus doesn't respond to Pilate. You know, that... that, that passage in, in the in the passion and the gospels how jesus doesn't respond at all there are times when jesus spoke and there are times when jesus was just quiet and he was spoken to um, but he was still present with what god was doing there in that situation and i think that's the way of kind of envisioning at least for me to like have some imagination around that scripture 
and to remember how Jesus engaged with people when they talked at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so maybe my last point is this. Um, I feel like a lot of people are clamoring for platforms these days. I'm not just talking about Facebook. I'm not just talking about writing a book or mm. Twitter or Snapchat or everybody's clamoring for, for, um, uh, platforms. And I just think it's important to trust the Lord with your platform. Mm-hmm. I think more than ever, people can smell, can can sense oh, yeah. when you're clamoring yep. for a platform. Yep. And it takes trust, especially if maybe your living is built on getting a platform. By the oh, yeah. way, I would strongly discourage anyone from basing their living on getting a platform. Yeah, it's not going to end well. Well, it's just going to... There are some people who are good at it, but I can't say it's always a productive activity for the kingdom, at least. Yeah, or, or for your character and your formation. So can we just look, can we just learn to talk and, and put our uh, understandings out there? Because everybody knows I put my opinions on Facebook and everywhere else all the time. Mm-hmm. But we need to do it humbly and mutually and submit and listen, and this will build the dialogue, the consensus building, the kind of thing that needs to happen to discern the kingdom as a group of leaders for a church. Yeah, that's good. It's good. All right. Well, you got anything else to, to add to this whole discussion? You, 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 you seem to be a little, uh, are you a little burned out from the vacation? No, I'm feeling grief from the vacation. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just taking it all, and this is a very timely uh, conversation. This is th- these are the things I've been talking about for the last last year or so. And so. it's so important when you're in a situation now where where there's so much animus mm-hmm. in the racial the racialized discussions, mm-hmm. and the target is often white males. Yeah. Yep. Can you be a target for Jesus? Ah, oh, that's good. Can you be a target for Jesus? Can you <laughs> lower the animus? Can you, um, you know, can you be present enough to get people calmed down so we can figure out what's going on and, and Jesus is going to work in this situation, yeah, what yeah. he's going to do? Yeah. Can you be patient enough to absorb the animus when it comes towards yeah. you? Just absorb it, absorb the bitterness, trust in God's justice and God's reconciliation. But you have to be patient. And yeah. that takes time. and. And, and character formation to be able to absorb people's anger when it's directed at you. And, and by the way, when you do that, you're just having an enormous impact. Uh, my dad was very good at this. That's good. That's my great. dad, who is a pastor, uh, who's, he's no longer with us, but his presence still hangs mm-hmm. with me. I'm nowhere near as good at this as yeah. he was, but it's, it's just... Uh, the kind of thing, the kind of skill, the, the kind of virtue that Jesus uses to change the world. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, it's, uh, it's about that time to end the podcast, uh, folks, Theology on Mission podcast. Um, it's good to be back. Uh, it's good to be in the same room, although, frankly, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I don't want to be too close. I'm more, I'm more nervous about you. You were... You were the one traveling around the U.S. too. I was in Florida. 
I mean, yeah, that's that's uh, that's ground zero. Good, that's not a good place to be right now. <laughs> Sounded uh, like hot when it comes in to COVID. But we do wish many blessings on those people, yes. everyone, all our friends down in Florida. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, any announcements on upcoming events? Uh, I know that Seminary Now just launched oh, yesterday. What a launch that yeah, was. InterVarsity Press is teaming up with Northern Seminary. And I saw your face on a video um, with a lot of other Northern folks, Greg Boyd. I really needed a haircut, by the way. Oh, no, it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is on there? Uh, McKnight has one. Brenda, Sa- Brenda Salter McNeil. Yeah, I think Jonathan Brooks has a video. He's been um, on this podcast. Did you mention Scott McKnight? Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, yeah. M- McKnight. Yeah. You mentioned him. Yeah. He was kind of boring, wasn't yeah, he? I, I just passed over it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, check it out. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. we had a lot of good um, things going on there. Well, uh, it's good to be with you once again. It's good to be with you, Mike Moore, Likewise. once again. And we look forward to uh, being back with you here through the summer every once in a while. We're not going to be every week, but uh, uh, until uh, we see you next time, it's over and out. 